Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Ben, I can see you've just changed your filter. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, Matt. How are you doing? Uh, good to see you, boys. Good to see you. Good to see the dynamic duo there together. Yeah, we're in person again. If anyone's watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that the two boys are looking really smooth. They've got that touch-up filter happening. Very Hollywood. I'm not sure if we know how to put that filter on. I do want to know how. 100% there is a touch-up filter on. 100%. I don't know. I'm going to take a a, a screenshot of our settings here, of our video settings. um, Yeah, it's very smooth. It is strange because I don't have a single line here. There's no lines on your face. Yeah, but that's okay. Some of us need, some of us don't. Good to see you, boys. We were just chatting off air, so here comes the plaster. Are you, you guys happy just to talk amongst yourselves right. for just a minute? Yes, yes, yes. I'll be back. No worries. Matt, so last episode, the first episode mm. of the year, we talked very serious. Uh, but I was going to ask both you, of you, mm. now we're in February, how has the year started? There's usually this bit of energy at the start of the year, runs New Year resolution-wise and, and all of that jazz. Uh, how's the year started? Um, like far lap out of the gates. So for those Flat Americans out. listening, that probably don't know what far oh, okay. lap or who far lap Horse is. Horse racing reference. Yes. I don't know why that came to me. Um, yeah, it's been, for me and you, I've seen a lot of you, seems flat out. There was a bit of a holiday that happened quickly. They call it Christmas and New Year, and then bang. It's just been, I was going to say balls to the wall, but you're not allowed to say that on, on a podcast. Well, you just did. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, so, yeah, flat out. How about you? Yeah, that, mate, it's been um, since that second week. We had that week away. We were up in um, Boytown for a week, and it has been. It's just go, go, go. Usually... I feel like I've got most of Jan to like relax in to mm. the flow, um, and there's just uh, a lot of a lot of things going, which is which is good. It's an exciting good, actually. Uh, ben, we're talking about how our years have started and how usually this time of year uh, we're February now, but there's a lot of usually a lot of energy, a lot of either new projects or new resolution-esque type energy around and whizzing around. And last episode, we didn't actually talk about our start of our year. And uh, both of us were saying that this year's been a, um, not just a more on, not necessarily busy, just more more on earlier. Um, all good things, eh? All good things. Uh, however, it started earlier. Usually for me, would have start probably mid Feb or start of Feb. It started mm. a lot earlier. What about you? Mm. Right? How's yeah, the start think, of this year? I think we talked about that. Did we not talk about that towards the end of last year about, you know, lots of people are still asleep? Like we're virtually waking up this week. Yeah. Mm. They've gone through, you know, you know, December starts, time to start the barbecues, party time, drinking, eating, taking their foot off the pedal, you know, Christmas not far away. The shops start to have Chrissy stuff happening. You can buy mince pies and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Christmas comes and they think should get back into it, but you know what? <sighs> let's let's keep partying. And then all of a sudden it's Australia Day, time to get the kids back to school. Okay, kids are back to school. Now, what's happening? 2023. 
a lot of people are like that. Mm. But we spoke about that last year and and we had a conversation around like this is the time to actually lean in. This is the time mm. to go, go, go. February is the time to start taking a break and taking a breather. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly been true for me. And I think maybe that's kind of, you know, been true for you guys this year is you just kind of want to kick into 2023 strong because a lot of us kind of, you know, just fell over the line, I think, into 2022. Mm-hmm. Um but starting 2023 strong. We also spoke, I think, about, um, you know, October, November, uh, December, and just the first part of January was pretty tough. You know, there's been a real tough period globally, Mm. both economically, socially, from a place of community. Um, It's been a really weird, funky time. Mm. Uh, I know personally from my business coaching work that, Lots of businesses just found those those periods really tricky and really hard to navigate. The good news is, though, it's over. It's all over. As of last week, uh, the tide has turned. Uh, we are about to hit the biggest growth period we've had in over 20 years. The biggest growth period in over 20 years. In fact, the last three to four months, they say, uh, was tougher than the GFC on businesses. No one's really talking about it because it was such a short period and there didn't seem to be one big thing. But when you think about it last year, we had the hangover from COVID. We had a we had a, a war in Europe. Russia was invading another country. We had, you know, interest rates on the way up. Mm. We had um, the, the, the lowest level of unemployment ever. It was tough to get team out there. Uh, you know, it was like a really weird time. It was a really tough time. Well, boys, the tide's turned. Like this next two to three years is going to be the biggest growth we've ever seen. Mm. So um, for those of you listening, I want to question that. Do you base that, obviously it's on, there's been some reading and stuff. Traditionally, wherever there's a big um, drop in productivity, something happens, um, there's always a big bounce back or a big recovery and and you're suggesting that we're sort of come through that and now we're going to have this this big recovery is that that's big of recovery but it's a little bit of a dead cat bounce because mm, i was going to say it's going to recover and then in three to four years we're going to have the biggest crash we've ever seen in history mm. So when you Ever. when you say growth, and just to clarify for listeners, you're saying growth in in everything, um, everything. because in there's community, technology, in wealth, uh, you know, in people spending, it's, mm. it is going to be a phenomenal three years. Do you think that I say uh, specifically in Australia? So I definitely I agree with the with the tech stuff. Seeing already what what. We're second week of Feb now and there's been a lot of stuff coming out in the tech world in the last probably six weeks. Mm. Um, But say with spending though, say in Australia, they're saying, and again, I'm no finance person, but in the end of April, 30, nearly 35% of Australians come off fixed, right? And then there's another raise uh, last night or yesterday. And do you do you think that's going to change um, <coughs> discretionary spending, right, or and so other bits it, and pieces? Yeah. And so, have you, if you, any of you two have got a mortgage that's fixed and it's coming off in April, 
Are you aware that it's coming off in April? Oh, my, mine came off last year. And Are you aware that it was going to come off? Oh, I was really shocked when the fucking... You were shocked. I was oh, you're sh- disorganised. I was like, super disorganised. Everyone else, everyone else come April, they know it's coming off. They know interest rates are three or four, you know, percentage points or percent higher. Like, they're ready. Mm. They've already got it budgeted in. They're, they're ready for it. Um, it's the it's the unexpected that that knocks us. We, we are now used to paying two dollars for diesel, mm. mm-hmm. and it's a pleasant surprise when I saw diesel was like a dollar ninety three the other day. It's like wow, cheap. This this is winning. I sold my um, diesel car because a dollar seventy sorry. feels way better. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, mate. I think we we are. I think it's going to be. Turning government, you know, governments are opening up. They've stopped their, you know, policies. We're going to have an influx of, um, you know, um, tourism and mm. uh, overseas people coming back into our universities in Australia. But this is going to happen globally. Um, it's not just Australia. I mate. it'll be a really cool time. It's going yeah. to be a really, really mm. cool time. But we need to be ready because now is the time to. Make hay while the sun shines because the sun will stop shining and it will come on really quickly. So you want to be, you know, storing your chestnuts Mm. or nuts, something. Um, Screw it all away. Exciting time. But yes, it's been a big start to the year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So with that growth phase, mate, that you're feeling, um, is that what inspired a purchase? Oh, uh, yeah, a recent toy. So you've got to start spending, right? <laughs> right? You, you, it's it's stimulating of, the economy. It's, it's part of this the one. self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like people are spending. And I'm like, I don't really see that. No one's spending. Yeah. Ben's spending. Don't worry. I've got you guys covered. I'll get the whole economy going again. One vehicle Someone, at a time. Someone's got to be that first push on that big boulder, right? It's the hardest to push, right? And Ben's like, I'll do it. Put a I'll, rocket in space or buy multiple. What have you bought, man? Please. Wait, well, look, let me tell you, tell me, let me tell you why, because there's a, there's oh, a, deep there's a justification why. here. And I bet you he went with this why with like, with Michelle and all, and everyone else around uh, before saying what he bought. Pretty sure it was an E, like, why not? <laughs> Story ends. Introduce the new. Here we go. This is deep, guys, so you want to listen in. Okay, yeah. Michelle and I have a, a saying, we've had it for many years, if you're not growing together, you are growing apart. Oh. Now, the key to that saying is not hanging out together not like being together, it's growing together. Mm. Are you doing something that stretches you, that challenges you, that makes you kind of feel a little bit nervous together? And so a lot of couples kind of do stuff together, but their heart never races together, you know? And so we're kind of having a chat about that. You know, like we're not doing much growth stuff. You know, we're doing stuff in business together, but, you know, it's, it's, and we love it. But what is the fun in it? What is the kind of exciting bit in it? And we kind of realised there wasn't there wasn't a lot, mm. right? So we said we're sitting down, literally in this room, and we're going like, "What could we do?" And Michelle said, "Why don't we get some push bikes? We could get some push bikes together, and we could go riding together." That's so it. we could, but we're sort of on a bit of a hill, and anywhere we <laughs> ride from here is going to be downhill, and you're probably not kind of a bike lycra. Anyone that knows you, Ben, knows the moment bike came out, you were like, yeah, but let's put a giant engine on that bike. I know. And so I said, you know, like you're the bike with the basket on front, 
you know, and so that will be great. But the novelty will wear off pretty quick riding down the hill and having to ride up and, you know, it'll be good for a few rides. But what if we got motorbikes? Now, now there's no pedaling, right? So um, now, interestingly enough, on our 20th wedding anniversary, I bought Michelle a motorbike and we went and got our motorbike licenses together. That's cool. 20th wedding anniversary. Well, mate, this month is our 30th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. So 30th. So here we are now 10 years later and we're doing the motorbike thing again. Um, and so I said, let's get let's get some motorbikes. She said, yeah, let's get – yeah, we could get a couple of little scooters. I went, yeah, let's get some little scooters. Well, Show us you your know, little scooters, will you? We realised that – the little scooter's not going to actually cut it. That that novelty would probably wear off. So we need to crank it up. So we bought. Um, I bought Michelle another scooter, a bigger scooter, um, certainly a bit fancier than the one that's I'm looking at on the veranda right now. Um, very fancy. And then uh, chatting with a few mates, they said, "Mate, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to do a scooter. You need to get yourself a proper motorbike." You're not a scooter man. So, mate, I bought myself a proper motorbike, and um, yeah. So now we have a. Uh, a nice scooter and a nice motorbike, and we had our first ride together last night. Nice. Which was um. How was fun. how was the first ride together, mate? Um, Michelle was super nervous because mm. it's been ages since she's even ridden the scooter that's here. The new scooter is about two hundred kilos, yeah. so it's a big it's a big boy, and my motorbike has has these things called what like, gears. Mm. Yeah. Gears, yeah. And so there's a lot of mate, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I could imagine. Like. You know, every foot and every hand is constantly moving and doing things, changing gears. Wait so, till you get the sore wrist. Just from that action, if you ride for like an hour or two, you haven't ridden for a long time, forearm hurts. Crazy. Yeah. It's, wait, it's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Indi- and indicating. I, I'll just let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a beamer. So that, another button. that would be that the automatic. Do Does it cancel when you make your turn? Michelle's does. Uh, Mine doesn't. Yours care. doesn't. He didn't pay, Mine the, doesn't he care. pay the extra money. You always see the, the new riders riding along down the highway with their indicators still going. <laughs> You're like, okay. Mate, mine didn't flash because I just didn't even turn it on. Uh, listeners, naughty, naughty. Well, when um, you got that much power. It was, it was just another button. I couldn't, you know, I was too busy trying to get. I could imagine that little, that first. dash, like, and the handle, there's so many buttons. There's so, I would just be confused. I'd be like, just, where's the accelerator? Where's the brakes? Where's the clutch? See, there are a lot of buttons. And um, Michelle's has got full, uh, uh, you know, TFT screen. Wow. It's got, you know, it just, it's got Apple CarPlay basically on it, you know, maps and speakers. Can she, and she sits back. It has music. No, yeah. it plays into your, plays oh. into your headphones, but it's all on the screen in front of you. But you probably shouldn't be selecting music when you're riding along on your motorbike and, and putting in map directions as you're riding along. But anyway, it's got that functionality. So, um, uh, and mine's got, you know, hers has got the heated seats and heated grips. Mine's got buttons on the thing for heated grips and changing the suspension. It's got full electronically adjustable suspension. God knows what I was riding it in. It could have been like pro sport mode last night. Who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, mate, it's a lot of fun. Uh, guys, and um, uh, built this nice little space for the to park the bike, so it's a bit of a showroom, so we can see the bikes. You know, like sometimes, you know, some really cool pieces of equipment we tuck away in the box, we're in the cupboard, or you know, we hide it away in a in a room or in a you know in a garage. Well, these are just beautiful looking bikes. So, mm. mate, I built a special room. Fast sliding doors. So <laughs> whenever we go into the garage, we can see 
these two beautiful bikes sitting there and they're calling to us to go for a ride. And I think um, just on that, when you appreciate, like you obviously really appreciate the bikes, you appreciate the experience, you've created a space, then that's just more connection, right? It's this this appreciation. Yeah. It's not just something that you, as you said, you tuck away and you use sometimes because it's got a central place for as long as it does. There's a excitement, I imagine, when you look at them and when you go in there and you're getting into your gear and it's just this really cool experience. Mm. Mate, speaking of gear, the bikes were cheap. Mm-hmm. Gear. Ah, so you're full, full leathered up, Kevlar uh, and all you. We're not. We're, we're summer geared and when you say summer geared, like uh, Ben just walked off the screen for uh, for just the listeners here. Let's see um, what his summer gear is I, I like. would, You know what I'm thinking is uh, Matt's summer gear when he rides his motorbike in, uh, in Indonesia is thongs, boardies and a singlet or no top that's um, <sighs> got gravel rash written all over it. No, it's, yeah, um, um, yeah. The summer gear is not quite like that. Although it has been in the past on the scooter. But as soon as you say motorbike to, to anybody, right? They go, "Oh, death machine!" Everyone, uh, cheese grater. You're gonna be like, you know, and, and uh, they just put the fear of God in you. Um, so yes, we went out and bought some full some, full uh, pants and jackets, Kevlar jeans. The jeans mm. with Kevlar in them. They're, yeah, they're, they're amazing. amazing. You pull it into these jeans, and they would bounce off. Or sl- slide along the tarmac at a hundred and something and get up and get yeah, back on. Yeah. Always slave your skin. Speaking about Indo, that this really excites me because when you come over, we get to go riding together. And yes. the riding in Lombok is world class. World yeah. class. All brand new fresh tarmac. Like what? hundreds of kilometers of it. And a brand new racetrack. Which we get to slip someone a hundred bucks. Let's yeah. go around a world-class racetrack. Do they have world-class bikes to ride on the world-class road? That's a little bit harder. Uh, mate, mm. but however, there is a no Kevlar rule. So no over there, no, no Kevlar. Kevlar. No, no Kevlar and uh, open-toed open toed footwear, please. Uh, um, or op- optional, optional, footwear optional uh, rule it's, there. It's the reverse, right? You know, in the Western world, we get safer. We get more airbags. We get more – we have more accidents. Because people get lulled into a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Take away everything. Take away a helmet. Take away your shirt. Take away shoes. You're very careful. So, very careful. question yeah. with that. What, why is that? Like, I've, I've asked that question on a number of different I was being days. facetious. No, no. But, like, in terms of um, lots, like, like, just lots of industries, right? So, obviously, now in Australia, in Victoria, we're like, we're, we're, we're a nanny state here, right? And... Um, those don't know what nanny state is. We're Australia one eighties in one eighty in Australia in Victoria, and there's a lot of regulation. Um, but like say, is it like say 10, 20 years, whenever, like even five years ago, mm. when there wasn't much, was it that there just wasn't these things happening then, or we just didn't know about it? So I'm I'm aware that maybe we just didn't know about it, and it comes across as oh. Uh, these accidents just never happened. Mm. Now that we've put all these regulations in, all these red tape, all these safety measures, more accidents or more things are happening that we're trying to actually uh, prevent. Mm. Mm. We have a blame culture. Uh, we, we definitely have a blame culture. And and we also have a culture that's designed to cover people's asses rather than truly to save lives, right? So you look at, you know, like the cronies at work cover. 
Um, you know, I, I remember a, a patient coming in and they have this, this machine that presses something. And so what they did is they put up, you know, to, for safety purposes, they put up uh, these, these lines and at the bottom on the, on the line, it said, do not cross the line. Like it was like a metre and a half away from the machine, right? Mm. Do not and lie people, in machine. People would cross cross the line, right? And so, uh, that, you know, and there was no, no accidents, but people would cross and, you know. And so they went, okay, so we've got to put up a fence. So now they put up this little fence with a gate. And so, you know, if you actually want to get into the machine, you, you've literally got to, like, open the gate. Big warning saying, do not cross, do not open gate while machine is operational, blah, blah, blah. People open the gate. So he said, he said, just recently, we had work cover come out and they, they go, no, no good. So they've installed lasers so that when people cross into the space, it the shut- laser picks up the persons in the space and shuts the machine down. So, like... So what, this is what I think. This is and I. This is just my opinion, man. But I think it's a it's a you know an inverted U, right? If we were to graph what happens here with safety, is of course zero safety. There's going to be some issues. Mm-hmm. As you start to increase safety, it gets better. But at some point, it takes away personal responsibility, and so it does this big dive back down and you start having heaps and heaps of problems because people are lulled into a false sense of security. I can't hurt myself. There's a gate there. I'm wearing a helmet. So I don't even need to be here. I can be in my mm-hmm. head thinking about what I'm doing on the weekend or stressing about something else. And I'll, oh, I missed the sign that says don't put hand under thing. And I, I, I believe, truly believe I can't hurt myself because they've taken care of everything. And the reality but is. Even when you do, Maddie. Someone's got to be blamed for it because it couldn't just be that you're a dumbass. Yeah. Who might be someone allowed you to be a dumbass? Yeah. So I think about 10, 10 years ago. How do you feel about that, Janish? Mate, it's, it's fascinating because usually I'm uh, in today's, in the position I'm in at the moment, uh, I am the person that gets the blame for fucking everything, uh, which is interesting. But it also makes me think like 10 years ago working at a summer camp, I ran a class called uh, where I was at a very left-wing liberal arts um, summer camp, right? So you could teach these out-of-the-ordinary classes uh, as long as it was some uh, educational purpose, right? So what I mean by that, we uh, we would teach a class one time called Throwing Stuff. So you would throw all these things, so you would get these non-sporty kids, go, oh, I want to know how to throw a watermelon. I want to know how to throw uh, this box. But you're actually still teaching him the skill of throwing, uh, which is quite cool. Uh, but we had a class. And in hindsight, like, if I went to run that today, would not be allowed, right? It was called jumping off stuff, right? And we all started off from like little steps, right, jumping off things to kind of taking the piss. And then on, the, like, the third day, we're, they've got this massive balcony, Right, and this balcony's got this hole in the middle uh, where it's all barricaded off, and there's like this, like garden in there. So we went to cabins and pulled up mattresses and all that. And I'm teaching these kids to jump and go, ah, oh, just soft fall, you'll be fine, right? Soft fall, soft knees, and they're jumping like two, three meters. No harness, no helmet. On no, your no. skanky mattress. No, nah, that was probably like 10, 10 mattresses together. Um, <coughs> we had uh, some of the senior staff, one of the senior staff got up playing guitar while jumping. 
And all great times, some good memories, zero accidents, right? Like in terms of it wasn't done in a, in a reckless manner. It, it could be seen as a reckless manner, but in terms of they, they progressed, they had to learn how to do softballs between all of them. But like now, even if you did all of that now, you'll be like, nah, nah, that's, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. That's a knee dislocation. That's a, someone's face is going to go into their knee. Um, and at the same time, that was like one of the highlights of um, some of these kids' experience for, for the three weeks there because they could do something that it's like taboo. Oh, I can't jump mm-hmm. off the top of that building. I'm like, well, in this class, in this parameters, yes, you can. I See, I think people forget like because there's groups, organisations that are meant to keep us safe, they they kind of forget that we also don't want to injure ourselves. Like no one wants to get hurt. I remember I had, I had a partner and her dog would walk up the, the stairs and it's two storeys up to the house and there's a banister but the dog's smaller than the banister. And she would freak out. She'd go, oh, careful, Ellie's going to fall. I go, no, she's not. She doesn't want to fall. She's going to be fine. Like... We're all programmed for longevity. We we don't want to injure ourselves. I think people think really quite less of people. Like most people have got their shit together and can walk up a flight of stairs without falling off the the banister. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people can jump. We're human beings. We're the peak of evolution. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, when Ben said, "Oh, what do I think about it?" I yeah, I, I'm in a position where I have to I understand a little bit where it's coming from, and it's just it, it, you can't change it. It, it. You can't change regulation. You so like you can so. move countries though. You can. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm designing a pool right now. You can, yeah, right. And I want to be able to. Is your pool of uh, 1.8 meter fencing, Matthew? So here we go, right? So I'm designing this pool, and I want to be able to jump off the roof of our restaurant into the pool. And I want to run this activity called walk the, walk the plank, mm. right? And I'm in my mind, I'm like, I had six to seven meter jump, mm. probably need three and a half meters of mm. pool, right? Half the height. I'm just saying I'm building this um, activity. I'm building my pool, designing my pool at the moment. I want to be able to jump from seven meters into the pool. And the designer's like, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, look, mate, just trust me. This is going to be great. People are going to really love this activity. And he goes, okay. And then Kat is like, well, have you looked up the specifications for how deep the pool needs to be? And I said, Kat, we're in Indonesia. <laughs> Throw those specifications out the window. I've, I've already done the math. She's like, Where are you, what are you basing this on? I'm like, my experience. If there's <laughs> seven meter jump, as long as there's I no have- math. The math and experience- they're two separate things. <laughs> keep going. Seven meter jump. Half of that needs to be water, so three point five deep. And I'm going to teach them. I'm going to facilitate how to jump into, and I would call this moderately shallow water. Um, how to jump? And I said it won't be open. The top floor won't be open. It'll be a facilitated thing only. We'll probably do it maybe twenty times a year for surf camps. Um, and she's just shaking her head the whole time. And I'm like, we'll leave the middle floor three meters open. You jump from three metres into three and a half metres, you're never going to hurt yourself. Seven metres, three and a half, sure. Look up the regulations, four and a half metres deep for a seven metre jump. I don't care if you hit terminal velocity in a pin drop, you are not going four and a half metres 
underwater from a seven meter jump. I mean, if anyone knows anything about this and they want to put a, a comment in the, uh, mm. mate, I would have thought three and a half meters was over engineered. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, that's a lot, right? It's a lot. Plus, I don't think we have that much distance. I think we're only three meters to water level, so. <laughs> so maybe if you just go, if you keep digging, the sea will come bottomless in. pool. And this is it keeps filling it. Somewhere. We're in the ocean now. Uh, and no, and obviously you got your pool fences there, don't you, mate? No, we're not having them. They <laughs> they're going to wreck the aesthetics. I want open plan. So Matt was saying, I said, oh look, uh, just because there's regulation, you just kind of you you get it. You might you don't agree with it all the time, but you just got to play the game. And Matt's like, I oh, just moved country, and he's like, oh, there's Indonesia. There's no there's no, there's no regulation. Mm, I'm going there. It'd be interesting to know in pools there. How many how many drownings? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that, and again, I don't know if it's a lot or uh, a little, but like in comparison to pre pool <coughs> fence regulation here in Australia, but like again, what what, what 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 are the numbers? I'm going to get in trouble mm-hmm. for saying this, but I think if there's a pool fence, you oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Say it. If there's a pool fence and you're mm-hmm. on holiday. You get, again, you might not keep your eyes on your kid, but if there's no fence, I'm keeping my eye on my mm. kids. I'm not letting them yeah. go near that pool. And this is the this is the pool, by the way, that's five meters from the ocean that doesn't have any fence at all, mm-hmm. and no lifeguards, no nothing. Uh, it is interesting. Obviously, uh, as I can say, this, as a parent of two young kids, we'll go to a pool somewhere, and I'm not sure if it's the fence or just people think that a pool is like. Safe, I don't get it, but they're like parents still switch off mm. all the time, like, well, like completely switch off. Yeah. And I'm like, they got the head buried in a phone, and you're like, oh, kids getting kids getting tired. But you see the, the gate open, yeah, like it's not a fortress, it's got an opening, and kids are smart, they just wait by the opening. Somebody leaves, gate opens, kid goes in. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. for, for us. Because Indonesia is obviously not as strict, I'm going to do my best to be as close as possible to Australian standards. But he's only going to have a two-meter run. When it makes sense. When it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, then I'm going to do my best not to do it. But certain things make sense. Some things, they don't make sense. No. Mm. And and I think this... We've talked about this before, but you know we see this starting at home where parents won't won't even let their kids jump from half a meter, just in case, let alone three meters. Um, and so the kid never gets to experience what half a meter's like and how to jump properly and mm. how to take personal responsibility and how to think it through. It's this lawnmower slash helicopter parent thing, and but the world. You know, out there in the real world, you often don't get a half meter to try on. No. The world puts you at three meters. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think the expectation is also sometimes, uh, I think with the current, like, younger generation is, yep, yeah, I want that three meter jump. But they haven't done any work for it. They haven't done the the half meter, the one little step, like a two meter, whatever. You go. I want the glory of the three meter jump. And everyone else is doing it, but they don't realize sometimes, oh, maybe everyone else has maybe done a bit of work before mm-hmm. that glory, that three meter jump. And, and as you said, Ben, I don't think they've been given the opportunity to do that. And because and they're like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, little Billy, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself on that. Nope. Nope. Don't do that. So, so how do you learn? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 
I learned to do a backflip and I can do a backflip. I landed on my head. I, and then I never landed on my head again. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was on a mattress and so I was okay. <coughs> I just think that, yeah, sometimes there's so much um, focus on safety that we don't let people live an experience and that sets them up later for a bigger issue because they haven't learnt some of the skills required to, you know, fall or to, to catch themselves. And that pain and hurting yourself is normal. I remember I had a poster in my old practice and it was a picture of this little baby with this beautiful kind of angelic-looking face and it said something like, you know, um, every time our, our kid gets sick or has a pain or an ache, we give them a pill to take the pain or ache away. And we do that when they're little kids. And then when they become teenagers and move shift into adults, they no longer have the ache or the pain. They have emotional pain and they haven't learned to deal with it. And we wonder why things go wrong. Mm. And I think um, life is fragile. It is impermanent. Nasty shit's going to happen. Is any, have you guys had any nasty shit happen to you? Yeah. But it passes. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you learn that it it's passes. A, it's part of it. It sucks. Two weeks in bed, can't move. My arm's yeah. killing me. But I watch it heal. I see it heal. And I walk away. And to, to speak to your point, if I can physically see myself heal, I can go through the worst pain ever and feel like I'm going to die and then I heal. How inspiring is that for you? The next time it happens, you, you know, oh, pain isn't here to stay. It's here to pass. It's the same as my arm. Emotional pain. I get hurt. Well, that's the same. I just need to rest, recover, be kind to myself. It will also pass, just like my arm healed. I think that's... It's it's exactly right. And and there's this kind of concept out there that life is going to be pain-free. You know, I often um, talk to my practitioners and, and certainly to my kids as well. You know, when they come and they've got a little bit of a challenge and I'll say, you know, like, I've got a tear. Is nothing compared to what you got coming. Mm-hmm. You got some nasty shit coming. Yeah. Ugly, mm-hmm. really bad <laughs> shit is coming. Mate, it's way. true. And it's it's serious. We're all going to have some really mm. dark moments. If you can get through life without dark moments, I don't know what you're doing. Right? You're not living. And, you're hidden. And, and in today's corner. dark moment is nothing compared to the next dark moment. We're going to have loved ones die. We're going to have serious sickness and illness. We're going to see some nasty shit. That is living. That's just that's just what life's like, mm. sadly. Mm. Or just not even sadly, it just is. It's just a fact. Mm. So, um, and so constantly trying to protect everyone from ever experiencing anything bad is like it's it's a utopian kind of and, and we've all seen the utopian movies, right? Where everything's trying to perfect and but underneath the surface it ain't really it's not really, yeah. Ben, as a like a health practitioner, what is what would be your definition of the need of the body showing pain, like physical pain? Why is that, and why is that potentially important? Um, well, it's 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 just it's it's one of the ways the body has like it's the, like the red light dash on the dashboard of your car, saying, "Hey, you know, like something something's a bit out of kilter, something's a bit dysfunctional." You know, you might want to kind of sort that out. You might want to pull over and just kind of get it sorted rather than just keep on driving. And, you know, this pain that comes up, it's not something to ignore. It's something to notice. It's not something to resist or try and push away or try and ignore. It's its something to kind of notice. 
and and ask yourself, well, is there is there something I can do? You know, is what is my body trying to tell me? But we live in a world out there that wants to get rid of pain, wants to get rid of symptoms, but not treat the cause. Mm. You know, and you guys would see this at the summit, you know, kids being drugged up, you know, let's just cover up whatever's mm-hmm. going on. Let's not actually try and address the real issue that's lurking mm-hmm. underneath the surface. And here's the cool thing. When we address the real issue underneath the surface, we actually get, you know, the iceberg concept, right? There's a tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. That's what you see, but there's really often something bigger working underneath. Mm-hmm. At the other tip of the iceberg is actually that child or that adult's real potential, like if we can move past the pain and actually treat the underlying problem, we actually have an opportunity for them to tap into their true potential as a human, not just get rid of the pain or symptom or dysfunction, but actually have them perform at their best as a human. Mm. But if we constantly try to treat, treat the tip, getting rid of the pain, mm. treating the symptom, we never allow them to be their potential. And just going on with that uh, health practitioner kind of just thought pattern here, if you were seeing if your patients never felt pain, right? Um, until not even until, and then what, what? What happens? I'm assuming, as someone not in that field, that it whatever the problem is just increases monumentally till it gets to a point where you just you're debilitated. Um, but what, that's, what, that's the catch, right? The body's really good at adapting and adapting and adapting. So pain, sadly is the last thing to show. Heart disease, the majority, two-thirds of all cases of heart attack, do you know what symptom they get? Two-thirds of cases? Death. Mm, no warning sign. How is that a symptom? Just, they just, oh, gone. A third get pain. Wow, that's lucky, right? Oh, something's not right. I got some chest pain. Better do something about it. Cancer. We all, we all know someone who's had cancer, totally asymptomatic until they've got a, a month to live. Mm. So um, diabetes, mm. type 2 diabetes, asymptomatic. You don't know you've got it. Mm. So many diseases that we that are asymptomatic until the very last minute. So why do you think society at the moment uh, stray away from, from pain and they have a very... Uh, Strong negative connotation to pain, where it's yeah. No, well, let me get that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a sadist, right? But pain's not great. But just go. You know what? Let's find an instant gratification relief for pain, right? It's not like a convenience, mm. comfort, safety. They're the three priorities I think for a modern society right now. Convenience got to be quick and easy. Got to keep everyone safe, and comfort is the most important thing. And it's the opposite. Comfort, no growth. Comfort, no magic, really. It's it, it's nice every now and again, but we're stuck in this place of, you know, luxury, really, where we're not forced to evolve and grow and become something more. We just, we've got everything we need. I can watch something at touch of a finger. I can sit comfortably. I don't have to do anything. I think that's that's a big, big part of the problem. Mm. It's the rhetoric. It's the goals, the values that we've set for ourselves. This is what we're striving for. Whereas you look at, other cultures they're they're not pain is part of the prize that's how you become Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm. Mm. that doco by the way on netflix did i mention that before um human playground you did and i haven't seen it i haven't seen it either that's on On netflix Netflix. yeah really good and it just looks at human play 
uh, from different kind of perspectives. And I think there's six parts of the series and each part, uh, each episode looks at play from a different perspective. And um, I've got to tell you, probably two thirds of all the play, there's always pain. Mm. Yeah. And I just on the, there's, there's pain in the play. Mm. And that teaches you, doesn't it? Like so many of us learn like kinesthetically from our experience and yeah, if you're avoiding pain, you're avoiding yeah. learning. Yeah. And the hardest, one of the biggest problems for all of us is emotional pain because we can't see it. That's the, I think where so many people are suffering, but if you never feel physical pain, then you don't have a, like a way to understand emotional pain really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Ben was saying before, right? Like, like young adults now don't know how to deal with uh, emotional pain. So they take the pill because they're in pain because when they were a kid, as Ben said, oh, if you've got a headache, take a Panadol, you don't, don't drink water or, or rest or have a nap, just take the pill. Mm. So now that yeah. they're older, they feel pain, they take yeah. the pill. As, as we get older, we've talked about uh, alcohol a lot on the podcast, but like it's, it goes into that, oh, I've had a bad day. Oh, you know what, I'm going to have a drink. Right, and it's a it's a uh, it's a slippery slope to the reason to have a drink, right? And I'm not like I, I still drink, I enjoy a drink, but it's that slippery slope of that. Oh, I'm going to take this to numb the pain, mm. uh, as opposed to enjoy it or enjoy this actual beverage or enjoy the company or whatever it is. But it's that it's it manifests from as a kid to now this culture that is like, oh yeah, just you'll be right, just have a drink. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. Mm. It's become a treatment rather than a decision. We're using it, we use alcohol to treat ourselves or binging on Netflix to treat ourselves or, you know, watching porn or, um, you know. Anything to avoid that red light on the dash. Yeah. That's sort of part of the solution, Mm. isn't it? It's a distraction. You know what? I'm going to put something on top of that red light. So I don't need to look at it. And, and eventually you'll turn off or, as you said, we'll adapt to it and it's no longer painful. And then, uh, and then there's a new way, there's new reference to it, right? Where, but there's other, at the same time, there's other complications that, that come with that as mm. well. There's, a, there's probably a bigger red light that's about to come later on. And whatever you do regularly, you get good at. I think is we become, we become, um, uh, we need to keep increasing the dose. Mm. The dose it, doesn't work anymore. Increase the dose of treatment. Yeah. Increase the dose. So one glass used to do it. Now we need two. Uh, you know, just watching one episode used to just be enough to take the edge off. Now we've got to watch three. Mm. Um, Which so has a snowball effect. And where, where is that line? Like there, there is no line to that. It's, uh, and it keeps it's, shifting. You know, we become dopamine, and we become yeah. um, uh, we come we come the dopamine receptors adapt, and so you've got to increase it. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep increasing yeah. to get that same that same level. And there's no one talking about that. They're talking about like class A, B, C, D, whatever drugs. They're to- class talking about um, cigarettes. They're talking about other bits and pieces, but they're not talking about. That stuff that's readily available that's still causing treatment, causing this numbing effect, and causing a uh, addictive nature, mm. um, an addictive culture as well. That it is, it's okay, right? Like I was talking about 
we went past a bus stop the other day and I was like, oh. So there was a, just a, a billboard for um for some some alcohol, right? And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm like, how is it that we're allowed to do that but we can't advertise cigarettes? Like anywhere and cigarettes packaging in Australia is completely blacked out, right? So you got these people going, like millions of budgets of marketing dollars and then they get <laughs> it's in their product Australia and it's this blank packet. Like even that one time when uh, the form they kind of banned Formula Ones, saying, "Look, no, you can't have your your thing on here." And they're like, "What do you mean? We're an international race team." And they're like, "Well, we don't care." And it's just, it's in honor. It's fascinating that we allow other things that probably have the same health um, effect. Effect, yeah, yeah long term, but it's it's uh, it's acceptable for whatever reason. Well, and we think that, you know, by taking that away, oh, that'll fix people's, uh, um, fix their pain. Yeah. Or it'll fix their, it'll fix their, you know, they won't need to treat their pain anymore and cover it up. No, they just move to something else. They mm-hmm. move to alcohol. And if we ban that, they'll move to online gaming for hours or they'll move to, you know, whatever the next thing is. And the other things are social, they're socially acceptable, but the biggest pharmaceutical sort of production happens inside you. And so, so many of these things seem, you know, pretty, um, you know, not so bad, but they're producing chemicals and there's still an addiction. You're still creating neurological pathways. You know, the body associates, yeah, pornography and then dopamine. And so you're creating this addiction that could be far worse for you than an alcoholic. You know, it's the same sort of principle. It's an, an addiction to something to feel you know, a certain way, but it's totally acceptable. It's not regulated. It's, mm. it's okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's concerning and all stemming from this idea of avoiding pain. It's like, we've just got it opposite. If you move towards your pain, as you said, if I have some physical thing that's hurting and I move towards it, like, okay, how can I resolve this? I'm going to go see someone who can give me some more information, help me with my mobility and it's not comfortable whenever you hurt yourself and you have to move through it. Um, yeah, it gets worse before it gets better, but then it gets better. <laughs> Always. Like I can't think and of here's a the cool thing with what you guys do at summit as well is that the child is in control of their pain that they're bringing. You know, they get to decide I'm going to bring some pain. You know, you run, you normally run five and you decide to run 10Ks, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you get to make the decision to experience the discomfort versus the universe deciding for you. Mm. You know, how cool is it that we could actually personally choose to move into discomfort rather than allow the university to uh, – the, the university? University, mate. The universe. Establishment. Did the establishment there. Well, this, this stems off um, Matt and his maths about diving in. Um, <laughs> maths so, experience. Uh, how deep the pool needs to be based on his maths, mm. I'm feeling. So yeah. in, uh, uh, in we conclusion. We could actually get to the side. Yeah, we do. Right. And I don't – do. You, yeah, I'm going to save that for my wrap-up comment. But uh, – in conclusion, I'm aware of time as well. Uh, what would be your wrap up of the conversation? We talked about we talked about pain, we talked about discomfort, we talked about shared experiences, uh, growing together. Uh, we talked about the energy of starting the year. We talked about 
uh, January being go time, and this year's being an earlier go time uh, than than previous years. Uh, we talked about growth. We talked about Ben stimulating the economy uh, with his both his motorbikes, um, and he's going to be mate. You're, you're paving the tough road for all of us, mate. So we we thank you. We thank you for your hard work. Um, so what would be your your takeaways, gentlemen? I've got two. I loved your comment. I'm happy to jump in. Oh, ben. So <laughs> mine is. Um, oh, sorry. No go. Um, Certainty wins. <laughs> I miss that. Uh, but if you're not growing uh, together, then you're growing apart. And the word growth involves discomfort. Mm. And so for both of us last night when we rode the motorbikes, we were both nervous. We were, we were both uncomfortable. You know, Michelle got back to we, – we rode to my brother's house after, you know, 30 minutes of riding around. And she said, I just got to lay down on the couch. I, I, got, I got cramps in my tummy and, you know – uh, the stress. It was stress, right? Yeah. But, you know, we both had a grin on our face and we we're excited about it. And um, so growth does involve discomfort. Yeah. So that'll be my wrap. Do discomfort together. Mm. How about you, Matty? Oh, I really like that grow together. Just FYI, I thought that was a really brilliant concept and something that I'm going to look at a little closer. Because you do, you get into a, a pattern. And you might start growing together, but gradually you, you have your own goals. And before you know it, then maybe there's a need to realign and, mm. and ask the question, what are we doing that's growing together? I thought that was really powerful. Um, and yeah, I think we all need to get comfortable being uncomfortable and deliberately choosing situations um, that, as you said, these kids get to decide how much, but we live in a society where we prioritise comfort and there's no growth there. That, that's... It's a, it's a space that we should visit and be grateful for when we, when we are there, but it should be short duration, not a place we live. We should, be coming, we should be getting really good at being uncomfortable in preparation for times where we don't get to decide, but we've already built the skills, the strategies, and the belief in our ability to be able to move through it. And that, that needs to be a deliberate practice, work. And, and we get to decide how much. If it's raining and you said you're going for a run, go for a fucking run regardless of the rain it'll be a little uncomfortable but it'll be liberating as well at the end because everyone else isn't doing it and that's going to be really powerful for you as a reminder and as you said pain's coming whether we like it or not i'm going to lose my mum. i'm going to lose my dad i'm going to lose a friend and if i can't run in the rain because it's a little uncomfortable how the fuck am i going to deal with that yeah no that's really good yeah cool um yeah mm. great how do you follow that <laughs> Uh, that, I, I would I would encourage listeners to uh, look at their current relationship to pain. <coughs> Do you stray away from it? Do you invite it? Do you numb it? Uh, do you uh, actively seek it? Do you actively seek that discomfort? Um, and it's like, and the other end of the spectrum is like, fully seeking it, like a David Goggins, right? Like, we'll go seek it because he knows he thinks they're coming and he calls it like I'm creating just mental calluses, right? And it's, I would, um, a trainer of mine ages ago said, like maybe 10, 15 years ago, he goes, uh, train hard, fight easy, right? Mm -hmm. um, train hard, 
Train hard and train hard and fight easy. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So he was um, a Muay Thai kickboxing coach. He goes train hard, train the hardest you can uh, against. Like you want to be training harder than your opponent. So then when it comes fight time. That, that's the easy part. That's blissful. And it's mm. like putting yourself in these situations with pain, if it's discomfort in terms of physical, emotional, whatever it is, and go, you know what, then it's going to be blissful. And I think remind yourself there is bliss at the end, right? Like when someone's jumping off a tower and having a nervous breakdown on it, it's part of the process. Trust that process. They need to go through this breakdown to get that bliss. If they don't go through that breakdown and – Numb it and whatever, and get fake positivity painted on them. There is no bliss. Mm. There is no. There might be a fake bliss. There's no real bliss where they're uh, glowing. So I would say, yeah, uh, evaluate your relationship with paint, and um, I would invite it, invite it a little bit more into your world. Good stuff, guys. Yeah, so good it. to catch up. Mm. I love my Wednesday mornings. Catch so up with you. I. Take it, mate. And now we're just going to little teaser before we head off, mate. I, uh, you're inviting a bit of pain this afternoon, and I'm going to leave the teaser there till so our listeners know next time. If if next time for whatever reason it's only um, Matt and I, it's because Ben invited too much pain. So yeah. Yeah. till next time, yeah. everyone. Next episode. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to Lifelong Learner podcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out and if you want to say hello tell us a joke or ask us a question send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com thanks again